Sunday edition of the Progress with Unity podcast. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Adam. Good morning, Barry. Good morning, Adam. Good morning. It's very unusual that we say good morning, isn't it? It is. We thought we'd start bright and early today because we've got so much to talk about and there's so ex- much excitement in the room. Straight into the Rotherham game. Rotherham United won. Wigan Athletic won. Could have finished 2-0. Some people say it should have finished 2-0. Straight into that disallowed goal, looked at it a few times. We had a championship referee in Jeremy Simpson and Will Keane led with his arm. And you see those free kicks given time and time again, the higher up the football pyramid you go. And I think we might have been undone there by an official who's not used to, well, I'll say not used to refereeing at this level, but has, has been taken away from this level. I don't know what you two think. I saw the incident uh, well, and I, I, I didn't see anything wrong with it, really. What I would say is that about 20 minutes later, there was a blatant push in the area. And for me, that was a more blatant push than the incidents concerning the goalkeeper. A definite push. And it was a what I thought was a nailed on penalty. But the referee were given quite a few free kicks and fouls in and around, like no man's land, really, which around the halfway line in the defensive third, but not given anything that could be deemed controversial in the attacking third. To be honest with you, Curtis Tilt went down a couple of times when when uh, Smith sneezed on him and we won three kicks. It was just one of them games. And it was the same with, with some of the defenders going down and dropping. And the goalkeeper in the first half got a free kick for, for absolutely nothing, really. When the big decisions to, were to be made in the box, he didn't make them. But we took the lead in the first half. Humphreys, I mean, that was the first shock of the day with the uh, lineup. Keane on the bench. We'd said previously, aren't we, about did we think Keane was 100% fit? And we had come to the opinion that we didn't think he were. He was on the bench. Stevie Humphreys got the nod and he repaid the faith in him by Liam Richardson and knocking in that, that, that early goal. Yeah, it was a great finish, wasn't it? I mean, he had a chance just before it. Play broke down, but then he got it out of his feet, onto his left. And is it like a, what you class as a, almost like a skidder into the corner? You know, I thought it was a really, really good finish. It's very much deserved for the amount of work that he put into the game. And I, I actually, when I was predicting the team on the way over there, I got them all right, but one. And I actually had Humphreys up there in place of key. The one that I didn't get was actually the stroke of genius really from Liam Richardson because I thought he was our best player was putting Massey in for Dariqua which I wouldn't have thought he'd have done that but good move I thought he was superb Gavin we're going to be talking about the Wickham game in a little while but uh, I suspect Tendai Dariqua will be back on Tuesday night and we'll come to that and my reasoning behind it in, in, in a little while quite a an exciting game for us fans of both clubs, but not the best game of football that we're likely to see this season. Is that a fair assessment? I like that assessment because I listened to it on the radio and I have to say the atmosphere came across superbly, even to the point where you could hear a couple of people around Ash and Tommy calling one or two Wigan players some naughty words. But, you know, Ash and Tommy did a great job and you could absolutely, you could hear the crowd both sides. Um, absolutely superb. Singing away, me, Paul. I was singing. Saw <laughs> so, so Mr. Mr. Simon Gregory singing away as well, uh, just behind us in the crowd. Yeah, it was. A, we just sang all the way through, really. Even you know after the goal for Rotherham, you know the. I think, I think there was a belief that we'd still get that winner. You know, even though Rotherham had dominated the second half in terms of the territory, there was always a feeling that we had enough. 
you know, on that sort of breakaway, and especially with Lang in there, that we might, we might, if a bit more luck, we could have nicked one at the end. But lots of passion in the game, lots of energy. But you know, in the conditions, it was never going to be an absolute classic. I think both teams put on a good show, and you can see why these two are the top two sides in the division at the moment because they can handle pressure when the, when it's on, but they can also turn a game around. You know, it, some some teams, if they'd have been playing Rotherham, it would have been ninety minutes of that, probably a three 0 defeat because I thought Rotherham played well. Our defence was superb. We withstood the pressure. So in my view, I thought it was a fair result. A 1-1 draw. And uh, I, th- I thought it was a good advert for the intensity of the league. Yeah, it was very intense. And I, before the game, I thought, uh, well, my fear was that we wouldn't, we might get bullied. That was my fear. Because uh, we, we sometimes we struggle against strong teams. But we stood up to them physically. And I think we were the, we were the strongest of the two, to be honest. And I know the other fans have been complaining about, you know, our, our roughhouse tactics. And it, it was very good to see, to be honest with you. And I, I'm really pleased. And it shows that we can we can knock it about and we can go toe-to-toe as well. We can slug it out with uh, with the best. And there's been quite a few plaudits played on, on that game from commentators around, around the country, you know, and different from different places, like Quest was one on the TV. I see a report from Sky as well where they were saying it was a fantastic game, and and the uh, the journalists online uh, from the from the national papers because it was the only game that night, wasn't it? Because everything everything else was called off, so it was the focus. And everybody on seems... Sport as well, wasn't it? The commentary was on Talksport too. Yeah, I bet it well, was on BBC Manchester, were it? Bolton under eights were on instead. The formation as well. Uh, we played like a, a three-two-three-two, didn't we? Did we feel we was going to play that with the wing backs? Possibly. Yeah, uh, we've been switching to it in in games recently, and we started with it against Oxford, so we trialled it there, and I thought it, it it played out very well. Jason Kerr was absolutely superb in, in that defence. Yeah, I thought he had a good game. Have you been going on some of these uh, what they call FIFA training courses with these formations, Barry? In, in, in the old days, was that not just three-five-two? I've, I've got to uh, bring you right up to the modern times, Adam. It's not the old days anymore. It's 2022 now, and uh, we've got to progress. It was, it was <laughs> we, we, we're actually known as progress with unity. Yeah. So I think that's what we should be doing, yeah. Bring, bring back the wing guards. Bring back the wing guards. <laughs> yeah. Make it sound more complicated than it is. I, I think, yeah, <laughs> like you say, you're either looking at 5-3-2 or 3-5-2, aren't you? depending on whether you've got the ball or not. I, I think the overall sentiment of the game is that had we come away with three points, they'd be less aggrieved as a set of supporters than we would be if they'd have come away with three points. And I think that tells you that we enjoyed the balance of the game, even though the result was even. My, my top three, I mean, I mentioned Kerr there, but my, the top three for me was Stevie Humphreys, Gavin Massey and Mr Tilt on his return to a stadium where he'd never played before for the home side, even though he was their player. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't really disagree with that. I um, thought Massey was exceptional. Tilty, superb, composed, strong, read the game well. And Humphreys put himself about and obviously scored that scored that great goal. I actually think probably our poorest player on the night, it was unusual for him, was McLean. I didn't, don't think he had a fantastic game, McLean, but, you know, he, he generally does. And, you, you know, you, you can give him that, definitely. But I thought as a whole, 
it's hard to say really that I didn't, any of the individuals, did, like all the back three, you know, you've mentioned two of them there, but Watmore was good again, wasn't he? You know, yeah, so excellent. Naylor with his usual seven out of ten, Max Power putting some great balls in again. We just couldn't quite beat that offside track, could we? The stats from the game, Rotherham had 62% possession. We had three attempts with one on target. They had five attempts with two on target. So defence is on top, really. Fouls, we committed 16. Rotherham, 21. So they got penalised a lot more than what we did. But we picked up the most yellows with four. It was Massey, McLean, Glenn Ray and Callum Lang. They picked up two. The attendance was 10,588 with 2,003 away fans. Fantastic effort on such a horrible night. Man of the match, as voted for by the Progress with Unity podcast listeners, both on Facebook and Twitter. It was a two-horse race between Gavin Massey and the eventual winner, Curtis Tilt. He actually romped home in the end. So, well done to Curtis Tilt. Well done. Well done, Curtis Kilt. Yeah. Oh, just a quick thing. You know, you said 2003 fans there. A testament to us as the Progress of Unity podcast, there are a number of people coming up to me praising our work. I want to give a big shout out to all those who are giving us the positive feedback. Apparently, we make work shifts go quicker, we make journeys to work go quicker. And some people some people even listen to me to send them to sleep as well. I've heard that. Just while we're on giving ourselves a pat on the back, we're extremely close to cracking the 1 million downloads. In fact, I think this episode will be the one that does it. So as soon as it happens, I'll make a big announcement on Twitter and we can all slap each other on the back. <laughs> but no, no it is, in seriousness, it's, it's, um, it is a, a, an achievement to be really, really proud of. Me and Paul were there right at the beginning, weren't we? Yeah, we did the first one via telephone. <laughs> it was a bit of a nightmare, but... I, it's making me emotional to think that we've been downloaded yeah. a, a million times. Yeah, um, I only died under 99,000. We're from Thorpe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Since losing at Sheffield Wednesday, we've picked up seven points from three games. It's a great bit of form. Carry that on to the end of the season. We're going up. No doubt about it. But we've another big game on Tuesday. We're going down the M40, down to Wickham. And in the build-up to the game, managed to speak to lifelong Wickham Wonders supporter George from the Wickham Way podcast and Twitter account. And we'll have a little listen to what George had to say. So based on the season so far, I think it is what I expected for Wickham. Uh, certainly in the summer, I expected to, to be in a, a promotion push. Uh, you know, in and around the playoff places, I expected that we would finish in a playoff place rather than the automatics. As the season's gone on, though, we seem to have lost our way a little bit. I think like uh, our early form against certainly the bottom half of the table, I think from our first 10 games, we had 20, uh, 28 points, sort of 1-9 drawn one. Uh, we didn't drop any points against teams below sort of the top 10 or 12. Uh, which was uh, really impressive because uh, we've normally struggled against the, the lesser teams where we've got results against the big teams. So that was big for us um, to really beat the, the teams that we should have been beating and something we haven't always done in recent seasons. Uh, but but certainly uh, in recent weeks, we've sort of lost our way a bit. We're now five games without a win. Uh, you know, the performance uh, hadn't been particularly good. We've struggled for goals. The defensive looks shaky. Uh, and I think that, you know, if Wigan bring their A game uh, and Wickham don't really adapt to the challenge, uh, then we could be in for a difficult evening on Tuesday. As Gareth Owens have quit the job for life, uh, I'd like to think yes. I think uh, in English football there are a few managers which sort of just go with the club hand in hand. You know, you look at Ainsworth and Wickham, 
sort of Nathan Jones and Luton, Sean Dyche and Burnley. They just sort of fit the the jigsaw perfectly. Um, you know, sort of the safest jobs in football. You know, Wickham could get get thrashed or six nil three weeks, uh, three games in a row, and I think he'd be in a safe position to keep his job. He's sort of one of them managers where, sort of, because of who he is and what he's done for the club, he almost escapes criticism, which you know, in some aspects, uh, is not always a, a good thing. You know, there's a few questions on the table at Wickham at the minute that he's not quite answering. Uh, the fans are getting irritated, um, but in terms of what he's done the last few years, you would think that. You know, he has got one of the safest jobs in football, definitely. Uh, I don't think there's any risk of him going anywhere uh, just yet. Um, in terms of my Wickham players to watch out for, I think in terms of most consistent players this season, uh, you can't look really much further than Jordan Abita, uh, sort of left wing back. I think he's been excellent for us. Um, while everyone has sort of stumped in their performances, he's kept them right up there. Uh, if I was to pick a player of the season now, I would have to go for Abita. Sort of the, the forward line have, have lost their way a little bit. You know, Gareth McCleary hasn't been performing for a while. Uh, Sam Vokes and Brandon Handen are, are sort of finding their feet again, although it's, it, they're not consistent goal scorers. Um, it's been a trouble for us this season. You know, no player has got more than ten goals for us uh, in this campaign just yet, which is something we've always struggled in recent seasons. Um, but certainly, I, I'd say if I was to generally players to watch, like Brandon Handen. Uh, Josh Scoen should be fit again. He'll be uh, uh, much needed in the middle of the park again uh, after suspension and, of course, injury. But in terms of my player of the season so far, uh, you know, I'd have to go for Jordan Abita just because of the, the consistency of his performances whilst everyone's sort of trailed off just a little bit. Oh, we can go back to the Championship. Uh, and, of course, I'd like to say yes. Uh, I think, uh, realistically, the only way we'll do that is through the playoffs again. Uh, it'd be much nicer this time being able to go to Wembley and watch us play in that game. Obviously, uh, the pandemic season, it was a 2-1 win of Oxford, uh, a quiet, empty Wembley, which, you know, as nice as it was sat in a, a pub at home watching it, yeah, you'd much rather be there in the ground experiencing it live. So I'd like to think, yes, um, we desperately need to, need to find some form so much uh, so much quicker. You know, we've really struggled in recent weeks. And if we're going to keep up the pace with the... You know, your Wiggins, your MK Dons, Rotherhams, who are all picking up points, and a lot of them. We need to start getting some positive results on the board again, because it hasn't been good enough the last few weeks. And if we keep it up, we're, we're going to fall away and struggle to reach that playoff place at the end of the season. Uh, in terms of the best team we've played this season, uh, I've been asked this question uh, a few times throughout the season. And I always I always look back to the, the game at your place. Um, back in August, you know, I think in terms of a complete performance, I think we're going to right up there with the best we've played this season. Uh, I think we were more than lucky to come away with the point uh, on that evening. Uh, you know, Wigan outplayed us, you know, a bit of finishing on your part and you'd have been sort of four or five nil up. It was one of them games where Wigan really, really wrote their luck and uh, we had a slice of our own luck at the end with a, a last gasp equaliser. Um, but you get them games through the season, you know, you you can get outrun, dominated, but you find a way to get points, which is what we were doing early in the season. But certainly, I think you're, you're definitely the best team we've played so far, yeah, based on a, a 90-minute performance. You know, we've seen, we've seen bits and bobs from other teams here and there who turn up and play some good stuff, score some crackers. Um, but in terms of just a, a, you know, a dominating performance against a, a top team as well, I, I, I would 
go back to, to you guys back in the summer, and I have done every time I've been asked that question throughout the season. If I'm going to give a prediction, predictions aren't really my strong point. Uh, I'd like to think it'll be a we can win. Uh, certainly, we need the win, and just a positive result, really. You know, I'd not be ran off for the draw, but realistically, we have to be going for a win here. Uh, if I'm going to throw in a score prediction as well, uh, just going to go for a one-nil. You know, it's going to, I think it's going to be a scrappy game. I think Wickham are going to do what we do best. We're going to try and break up the tempo, break up the play, not let Wigan get the ball and the play at all. Um, and I think hopefully we can come away with three points. And a much needed win. Thank you, George, for that. It's quite insightful. A prediction though of he feels the Cher boys are going to beat us one 0 but he sounded a little bit, a little bit apprehensive about our visit. And uh, not surprising, surprisingly, really, after they shipped five goals yesterday at home. So especially having led three one, was it at one point? Yeah, they blew a two goal lead twice, didn't they? They led 3-1 and they led 5-3. Yeah, it's not surprising he sounds apprehensive because he did say that the best team he's seen all season is us and we're back in town. So, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, he, he, he picked out two players, Jordan Abita, who is a, is a class act, a left-back. He had a great game when we played them at the DW Stadium. And he mentioned Sam Vokes as well, who we know from, a, from his time at Burnley. As, you know, a good striker. One one player he didn't mention, which I was surprised with, and I, I think he is a good player for them, is Sully Kai Kai, who was, if you remember back in the 15-16 season, when we were close with Shrewsbury for going up, he was instrumental in their good season. And he's also spent time in the northwest with Blackpool. And he is a good player. I think he had two assists yesterday as well. So he he's a right wing back. No mention of Akin Fenway either. I don't think he's playing so much, is he, at the moment? Obviously, he mentioned Volks not scoring goals, and then he bags a couple yesterday. Right, let's have ref watch. And I know we keep doing ref watch, and we keep getting stinkers. So, ref watch for this game will be Tom Bramall from Sheffield. He is a select group two referee. This will be his fourth Latics game. The last time he refereed Latics was in the nil-nil draw with those people from over the hill up the road at the DW in the EFL Cup in August this season. He issued us in that game with five yellow cards and the other two times he refereed us came last season. Ipswich and Peterborough away, both defeats, 2-0 and 2-1 respectively. Tom Bramall's card watch for this season, 21-22, is 24 games, 73 yellows, five reds, and he's awarded four penalties. And that's Tom Bramall, who will be your referee for the Wickham game on Tuesday. Just a quick mention on the uh, referee. He is a massive Sheffield Wednesday supporter. And he was at Rotherham on Friday night. Sat with a friend of mine whose brother is a championship wino. Barry there, name, name dropping. Let's get some previous. So the first meeting... Against Wickham was a 1 1 draw in August 93. I suspect that was Martin O'Neill's Wickham side, I think, at the time. We were under the stewardship of European Cup winner Kenny Swain, who took over the reins as we were relegated for the first time in our Football League history. And let's just say we were in a bit of a state at the time. Our signing policy from Swain was let's sign Crew Alexander's reserve players. But fair play, we did get Keith Gillespie as well. Of the seven visits we've made to Adams Park in the league, the Latics have won five and lost two, and there's never been a draw in the league. So a very good record there. 
We did make a 2-2 draw there in the FA Cup tie in November 99, and we won the replay 2-1. The last meeting came, as was alluded to earlier by our Wickham friend, when he said we were the best team in the league that he's played this season. That meeting was on the 17th of August on a nice balmy Tuesday night. As you well know, very rare up until uh, the last game against uh, Crew that we win on a Tuesday. So uh, we got very close to winning on a Tuesday, if you recall. Callum Lang scored on the 47-minute mark. We totally dominated the game, should have killed it off. But unfortunately, in the last minute, Anthony Stewart gave Wickham a share of the points. The last meeting at Wickham was on the 22nd of February, 2003. So 19 years ago to the day. And we won that game 2-0 on our way to winning the Division 2 title with 100 points. The form, currently Wickham are in sixth with 55 points from 32 games. But most of those were accumulated actually before the Christmas period. They've not had a very good run of late. With two losses and three draws in the last five games, 16 home games so far this season, they've accumulated 30 points, which is nine wins, three defeats and four draws, 29 goals for and 23 against. That 23 against, uh, of course, wasn't helped by the 5-5 draw that we talked about earlier against Cheltenham yesterday. Over to Sir Barry for the predictions. That game back in 2003 on the 22nd of February, fast forward 19 years, 22nd of February, 2022, and we're back in town in Wickham. I'm not, is it still Adams Park? I think it is. We're going to freshen it up. I said I'd mention Dariqua with regards to this game. I think he'll come back in at right wing back. Uh, I think he, he probably just got a little, little bit of a rest on, on uh, Friday night. They've got a really good left-back in Jordan Abita. So I, I think his experience will come in there and he'll be back in. And we'll, I, th- I do believe we'll play with the same formation we played up at Rotherham. I'm going for a repeat of that day when Lee McCulk scored and Andy Little got a last-minute penalty to win us 2-0. I think a similar sort of game this time with us uh, scoring a goal in each half and coming away with Three points and a 2 0 victory. I've, I've just looked at February and we were talking about how tough February is going to be, fixture wise. We're currently on nine points out of 15, which is not bad going at all, considering how tough it was going to be. This adds to it. I mean, I mean you're not going to find many tougher away asks than, than this one. I think there will be a couple of changes. I think it's very difficult to predict because we look, we're down to the stages of you're not looking at some players are better than others. You're looking at who who the manager thinks is going to play better on the day because there's a lot of quality and depth in the squad. And I will go for a 1-0 and that 1-0 will be a Latics win. I wouldn't disagree, Derek, with coming back in. I wouldn't actually be surprised if he came came in on the left-hand side. I think Massey had such a good game that I think he's probably going to return his players. So maybe to give McLean a little bit of a rest. You know, he is in his 30s and... A lot of games he's played recently, so maybe Derricka will come back in on the left. I don't think Keane will play again. I think we'll use him from the bench, so I think all the other players will be uh, unchanged. I think Keane will probably come back in for the Sunderland game. My view would be on this game, I think 
I think it's very important that we sort of weather an early storm because I think they are going to go all out um, early on. Uh, as our Wickham friend stated, you know, they need that win. But if we can weather the early storm, pick up a goal before the halftime break, I think the second half then can be quite comfortable for us and we can come out 3-0 winners. Tuesday evening, it's got a full programme in League One. Cambridge v Plymouth, Charlton take on MK Dons. Crew Alexandra will play Oxford United, Donny and Accrington, Fleetwood or Sheffield Wednesday, Gillingham v Wimbledon, Ipswich, Cheltenham, Rotherham will play Markham. Come on, Markham. Shrewsbury v Portsmouth, Sunderland v Burton Albion, we're at Wickham, and uh, the eight o'clock kickoff, Bolton Wanderers will play Lincoln City. Live on Radio Bolton. Big thank you to George for joining us from Wickham to give us the insight. And uh, thank you to everybody for listening to us. I just think that it's, you know, this moment important to pass on our deepest condolences to our owner on the you know, tragic death of his son, Mohammed. Obviously, we marked that with a minute silence on Tuesday and our thoughts are with Mohammed's family at this very sad time. Well said, Adam. So until Wednesday, so goodbye from us all here.